What's up, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. Um, I don't think we're going to number this one. We'll just call it an intermission. But uh, we do have a main topic, which is we're going to be talking about the Danganronpa 3, essentially, the, the ending to the main storyline. Um, is it called Danganronpa 3? Or no? It is called Danganronpa 3. Mm-hmm. Um but they call it the the end of Hope's Peak. Yeah, that's the arc that they call it because the Hope's Peak Academy is where you know the first uh, game took place and where that whole story took off. So basically, it's it's the end of that story arc. Right. And so uh, it's all done uh, via two anime series um, with a final episode, uh, basically concluding both uh, series. Man, how um, how depressing was that shit? <laughs> um, depends on like the thing about it is that you guys watched this when it was all out, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine yeah. watching like one episode and then having to stop because not they're not going to be a, another episode till next week. Yeah. So there are those times where like something big happens, then a big big cliffhanger, and then you have to wait a week. Right. I was like, uh, Is that how you watched it, Jay? Did you yeah, watch that's it? That's how I watched it. Yeah, oh. I, I watched it by a per episode basis. Uh, I watched the obviously you have to watch the future episodes first, and then despair, and they just kept going back and forth. And um, I finished it that way. Yep. Is that how they aired them? Mm-hmm. So that there was no mistake in people watching them in the wrong order. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched any TV show like that in a long time. Yeah, I'm actually not familiar with any other TV shows doing that. Uh, is there other examples? No, I just meant I meant one episode a week. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Really? Um, I do that sometimes for something. Maybe I follow like two, three anime series a, a season or so. And then those are the episodes that I look forward to. Or I'll watch something like Game of Thrones on like a Sunday, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's weird because it's been a long time since I've I've actually just followed a show like that. I tried doing the Flash, but I kind of fell off the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the anime series goes, I mean, obviously I I watched every episode of Dragon Ball Z when they aired on Toonami. Um, I guess Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood because I watched most of that on Netflix, and the quote unquote final season of it was still coming on Cartoon Network like new, mm-hmm. and I watched it there like the final season of it each week kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess that was the last thing I actually watched. Well, the thing about it is that um, I didn't, I didn't watch a stream. It was all fan subbed and stuff. So it was, it was downloaded on the hard drive and then I would watch it in my own leisure. But sometimes I I wasn't able to watch it on like the day it came out, but like a day or two after I'll try to catch it because you know how it is. Like if you try to be consistent week by week to do one thing every week, it seems impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's why DVRs were created. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But yeah, going to how they structured this series, I absolutely love how they did it. Where you see stuff that's happening future or, or basically what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And then you see the past, like what happened before all the bad shit happened. Um not only does it give more backstory into how Junko did everything that she did, but 
it affects like they introduce certain things in the past episodes that uh, that you start to realize in the future episodes and i think that the way they did that was really brilliant yeah i i agree and i think you were right when you compared it to lost because mm-hmm. they really honed in on that current time period slash past so i mean i don't think we're we're not going to go through like everything like that i just my my favorite thing is how it, basically my biggest question was was how the fuck did Junko pull this off? How the fuck did she convince a bunch of students to turn evil? On top of that, how does she convince hundreds of students to kill themselves simultaneously? It's like a thousand, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like over a thousand yeah. students. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how the fuck did she do that? And how she did it is the direct causation of what's happening in the future arc. And I was like, that's fucking great. Yeah. Because they brought that right back up. Yeah. Uh, they set it up in, in a way where you have no clue, right? So they introduce the aftermath of what happened, and then they do the explanation on the plausibility of how that could even be possible later afterwards. So it's kind of done in like reverse order. In regular logic, you will follow that you would have to kind of portray and show that how this is possible or plausible before that you actually do it to kind of quell the uh, was it the suspension of disbelief, right? But in this way, it actually twists it around and turns it upside down, kind of. And I, I like the way they did that. And um, speaking of talking about like characters and stuff. One of the big things that they did uh, in the earlier episodes is uh, they introduced some new characters. Obviously, in the future arc, you get to meet uh, everyone in the future foundation, the the main characters and stuff like that. And you see a bunch of characters that you've never seen before, right? But uh, because of that fact, you you don't know who they are, you don't know what they're capable of, and you don't know their stakes in the overarching storyline. So you get a character like uh, Seiko uh, Kimura, right? She's got like... um, She's got. She's wearing wearing like a mask. She seems to be very um, like uh, adept at making medication, and she's called the ultimate pharmacist, right? But you don't know who she is, and she kind of goes crazy, and she starts fighting with this other chick named Ruruko or whatever, and they're trying to like literally kill each other, kind of really not trusting each other at all. And you see all these things, and they're they're calling each other traitors, liars. And then you don't get it. You don't understand the history between them. And the very next episode that follows is their backstory of how they became that way. Yeah. It yeah. It all it all originated from their distrust because you know Seiko just wanted a friend, but because she wasn't able to reciprocate, like uh, her was it uh, Ruruko's talents of making those like sweets and stuff like that because she was allergic to sugar and all that stuff. So she wasn't able to eat any of his sweets. So she. The other chick felt like because she wasn't accepting of my talent, she kind of looked down upon me. And that kind of relationship kind of continued on. And then she started abusing her friendship with uh, the pharmacist girl by kind of making her do a lot of of work and stuff like that, kind of just taking advantage of her. And then things just fell apart when, you know, Nagito came along because that's just what he does best, right? Screw everything up for everyone else except for himself. Yeah. And uh, seeing that story unfold was really heartbreaking because they really wanted to become friends, but things just didn't work out. You know, There's a lot of things weren't uh, weren't said properly, and the events 
and they end up both dying in some rather horrific ways. The that that's the perfect analogy is everything's heartbreaking because what they do in the past episodes, the first it's only ten episodes. Is it ten or twelve? I can't remember. Uh, I believe it's twelve episodes per per side. Yeah. So per side, and you only get eleven on the. Yeah, the yeah. Past. This this pair has eleven. Uh, feature has twelve, and there's obviously the hope arc, which is one. Yeah. And the that, that's what I loved about it was that it wasn't jumping right into the story. They instead took the first six episodes of the despair arc to basically introduce and show the class become friends with each other. And I'm like, when the fuck is Junko going to show up? You know, and the whole time and this whole time you're seeing all these people, you know, having fun and, and becoming great friends with each other and stuff like that. And then Junko shows up and fucks everything up. And it's so, horrible it's yeah, like yeah. It, it's so fucking horrible to see this happen and i was and like, the kids are happy and like getting to know each other and i also really love just seeing them again you know having played through danganronpa 2 recently mm-hmm. uh you know it was really good to see them animated and alive and happy before junko ruined it, ruined it. yeah um though i think one of the characters obviously we're gonna we'll talk about chiaki soon but uh another Really, really big tragedy is what happened to uh, Chisa Yukizame. She's the teacher for the the students. Uh, you know, for <laughs> basically uh, in this despair side, and she's just like this really loving person. You know, she just wants everyone to get along, and she she'll go to any length to help uh, people in need. And she really loves uh, and uh, cares for Munakata, who, who is uh, one of the main leaders of the Future Foundation. And seeing her become twisted, you know, after the whole brainwashing. And then not to mention that, like, excruciating moment where they stick needles directly into her brain to to kind of, yeah. like, manipulate her. And it's like, oh, God, that was just so hard to watch. Like, being seeing good people turn bad. Like, dying is one thing, but becoming, like, the antithesis of yourself. I even think that's even worse. Hmm? Go ahead. So it's even more despair-inducing than death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you die, and that's the end of it, right? Yeah, it's terrible. It's a tragedy. But if you become something else, if you become someone, you know, someone that's going to be inflicting harm upon the person that you love, it's kind of like that thing. Like, if you know you're going to turn into a zombie and, like, eat, like, your family and friends, wouldn't you want to basically off yourself so you know that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. That's, like, a reasonable thing to do. But they don't have that kind of option. They're... They're forced to become these terrible people that will be uh, that will bring despair upon the world, and it's all thanks to Junko. The, the the but you you make a good point with her, is that the very first episode you watch of the of this entire run, she gets killed in the first episode. She's the first victim, yeah, that's, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh well, shit, well that that person's dead. But then you spend the rest of the entire series getting to know that person. Yep, and it's it's but then you'll realize well there's, she has no future because we already seen her dead, you know, and it's just like Jesus Christ, like they just there's no there's no good to any of this. It's just you know it. Oh this, my God, this, this anime has no chill. Is, yeah. is what I would say. Yeah, it just it just goes off the handle, and it's it just goes directly into it. Let's get into it, right? Let's talk about the the iconic Chiaki scene. Yeah. Jeez. Because uh, this is a character that we got to know pretty well in uh, the second game, you know. I think she's 
probably uh, all of our like one of our favorite characters, right? From yeah. from the that particular game. You know, she was really supportive. She was she was funny. Uh, I mean, she had her her various quirks, but she really helped the main character along. And seeing her evolution as kind of like this shy introvert person to this kind of like trying to become outgoing, trying to bring people together, really caring individual. And what happens to her uh, when Junko tortures and tapes what happens to her uh, to to basically make the brainwashing on the other students even more effective. That scene, man, like when she's going through the, the tunnel, the traps, all these things popping out. And then she finally dies right in front of Hajime, who has become, um, you know, completely someone else. Oh, that broke my heart. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's just... Especially, you know, because that was the one person she would try to rely on to help. And he's just standing there watching her die. Yeah. And even in that moment, like, she saw uh, Jimmy and then um, the last thing that she sees is his tears, right? Like, even though he, he doesn't, he himself doesn't understand why, um, why he's crying. He, he cries because there's a part of him still inside that still remembers her and what she meant to him. So... When she's kind of like crawling to him and then saying the last words that she says is she says, if you try, things will just work out. And that's actually the exact same words that she imparts upon him again at the very end of Danganronpa 2. So her, her significance as a character and to what she means to everyone else, everyone else in the class, is just elevated so much thanks to this anime. And I, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how sort of passive Hajime was throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like he didn't really know what he wanted. I mean, I guess he didn't really know who he was, but also with, with all of this new input, all of the different characteristics that were added into his, his new persona, it, it was interesting how he just kind of went along with Junko's plans yeah. without re- really strongly questioning whether they were right or wrong, mm-hmm. I thought that was a little not not strange in a bad way, but curious as to as to how he never had any stronger emotions. Well, that's the whole point of his uh, surgery and his uh, his newfound personality is that he doesn't have a personality. He doesn't have anything to latch onto, and he's kind of vulnerable in that way, right? Because he finds everything just incredibly tedious everything is boring because he he is so smart he is so talented and um being able to anticipate people that he finds everything to be kind of boring and junko comes at him with the angle that despair is pure chaos and it's the only thing that will surprise and and entertain you and that's kind of like how she got her hooks into him Mm -hmm. trying to trying to go at him with a different angle but in that moment when uh, chaki dies like uh, her hope that like she he could be saved once more, and w- the way that he actually holds on to her hair clip from the from the from the end is actually yep. symbolism for what he decides to do in Danganronpa two, because he puts him into that situation where he gets captured on purpose, right? And he does that because he wants to know what would win, what would surprise him more, Junko's hope or Chiaki's. I mean, Junko's despair or Chiaki's hope. And that's that's the catalyst that that kind of kicks off the whole you know, virtual reality situation because him being the person that he is, if he would never wanted to become caught, like they would never be able to catch him. Yeah. He's too powerful. He's too talented. So yeah, this is 
everything everything started in that moment in, in a lot of ways and um there's so much to read into because it's just like yeah. it's like this one thing, but so many things happening at once because of all the information that we have from the video game and now to the anime. And I love just how they just, they just all circle around each other. Yeah, I mean, I guess my original, you know, my first thought would be in a situation like that, that he would react kind of like Grunt does in Mass Effect 2, which is to question who he is, question his life, try to figure out what what path he wants to follow. And in this, he was... I mean, I guess he was doing that internally, but mm-hmm. couldn't decide, so didn't do anything really until, you know, until that moment, and then he, you know, start sets on his path. Yeah, that was an interesting way to handle it because he's so averse to like decision. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly a very quiet character. He hardly speaks during the entire series after yeah. he becomes uh, who he is. Um, but uh, anything else you guys want to mention? I mean. I, the first big moment for me that made me kind of like, oh shit, was um, when Juko had the entire student council go battle royale. Oh god, yeah. Because that yeah. was that was like I was like, oh my god, because you know you're watching people, people are killing each other, and then there's other people in the room that are like, f- like just freak the fuck out. They can't believe this is actually happening. And I was like, oh Jesus, just fucking horrible. And then right after but- that, you see Chiaki get fucking murdered and. <laughs> It just goes uh, on from there. there. There's that one scene where they don't. There's two like uh, there's a boy and a girl. They they don't want to kill anybody, so they they decide to just kind of end their own lives. But then someone sticks the guy from behind with a spear and impales her too. Yeah. And then they they go on top of each other and he just sticks a spear harder and harder and harder right through her and it's like, well that's gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. uh, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, anime, folks. It can be really violent sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty serious. Uh, how do you guys feel about the ending uh, with the the hopes hope arc, where basically, um, well, actually, let's actually step back for a second, right? The whole Kirigiri thing is a thing uh, with her coming back to life at the very end. Yeah, is an interesting bit of misdirection because if you actually watch the episode after the the opening credit. You know, there is a little TV screen that shows you how many survivors there are left. Right. On the episode, after Kirigiri dies, she is still alive and accounted for. Yeah. Yeah, on on the TV screen. So when you would assume, so if you're actually paying attention to the survivors, you're like, wait, like this person's alive, this person's alive, this person... How is there five persons still alive? There was so many times I saw that intro and I'm like, wait a minute. And I, I'd count, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "That's the, that doesn't make sense." Exactly. I was, I was thinking there was going to be some kind of big twist, like somebody else is alive, like somebody evil or something like that. But mm-hmm. here, here's my thing: is I'm slightly confused. Okay, sure. I, I I think I get it. So, was Junko's little sister the one that was doing the future killings? Um. So you guys, oh, let me let me fill you guys in because you guys didn't play. Um, Despair, oh, sure, girls. Despair girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, but don't expect it to be anything like the other Duncan Rumpel games, is what I'll say. But I I liked it, and it does have some story beats, um, that uh, that would actually make more sense. So there's this uh like elementary school kids, right? And they're abused by their parents. They have a they have a variety of reasons. 
of being disgruntled. And at one point, they kind of wanted to take their own lives as a group together. You know, they were about to commit suicide by jumping off uh, off a building. And in that moment, um, Junko actually finds them, and then she kind of takes them under her wing. And they take on the the name of like Warriors of Justice or something like that. Kind of like a really childish name for what they're doing because they believe that all grown ups are evil. All grown-ups need to die so that kids can live free, right? So, I mean, it's a very childlike mentality to have. It's in its innocence, it's kind of scary. But even even with that, they're still very talented kids. And with all the tools that Junko gave them, like they decided to kind of um, start their own revolution in a way. And one of the things that they do is uh, take over a city, which happens to be the place where. Um, Naegi's sister is held, right? So at this point, she escapes, and Togami and the Future Foundation actually come in to try to rescue them. But something goes wrong, obviously, and uh, Fuka, who is the the girl from um, Genocide Jack from uh, Danganronpa One, is sent to kind of you know protect her and bring her back in in a way. And it turns out that one of the the main antagonists was this little girl called Monica. She's actually not like blood related or anything like that by Jinko. But she is inspired by Junko, and after after Junko was killed by Naegi, you know, through, uh, throughout the game, she decides that she's a obviously gonna make Naegi suffer by in torturing and killing her, her sister. But that wouldn't be enough for her, so she wanted to put it in a situation where uh, Naegi's sister would inadvertently have caused the death of maybe you know tens of thousands of children. That's the situation that she wanted. It doesn't happen that way, and uh, luckily, you know, for for her, so it, so she kind of escapes uh, thanks to actually the person that actually escapes and saves her is uh, Nagito, and at the end of that, but because of that, so she she survives and she's still alive. So that's kind of like the the loose end that tra- they tried to tie it up. So they tried to make it look like Monica was the person that was kind of. You know, handling all the business and putting them into the situation, but that's not the case. That was uh, that was the early kind of twist slash misdirection to make it look like it was her. So who was it? Oh, the the guy, the old guy. Tengen, Tengen. Yeah, Tengen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I it's been three weeks and I can't remember half the shit. That was his plan to get right. If I understand it correctly, it was to get Mitarai. Mm-hmm. To expand the hope across the whole world. Yeah, he he believed that in his many many years battling despair and seeing all the damage it did, he basically kind of fell into despair in himself, thinking that there is no hope for humanity as they are now, and the only way for you know hu- humans to live forward is to despair. Um, I mean, to remove all despair from their hearts and then kind of brainwash them to become good people. But it's still brainwashing all the same, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's, 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 it, he had he had a good idea, but he would have uh, done something terrible to, to to meet his end. So all of that was a manipulation in order to make a, 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 a the the guy that does the anime into making uh, animator, and kind yeah. of propagating, yeah, propagating his uh, thing, which worked. He was about to do it if not for the the, the class of despair. That showed up and kind of convinced him to do so. Otherwise, yeah, that's that's my bad. I, I fucking forgot about all that. All that. Because I was like, wow, wait a minute, who the fuck was behind this? But yeah, um, the yeah, but that's the, going looping back around to it. The uh, 
everything of how how Junko basically made everybody kill themselves and stuff like that was through brainwashing with the animator, which then pops up again because the big twist here is that there is no traitor, there is mm-hmm. no killer. They're all killing themselves because they're getting brainwashed by the television by watching the exact same animation again. Yep, and then that's how, that's how they did because they specifically made it so that they were able to track the locations of everyone using the bracelets, and there were TVs littered out throughout the entire compound, along with a knife that was hidden inside every TV, just to make the uh, the, the act even more uh, convenient to do. And that's when we saw the the whole vision that Nagi had, uh, kind of like a horrific vision of everyone that he he lost. You know, uh, including uh, the the girl that he loved in the in the first game, and uh, seeing them again, and seeing like, oh, it's like, why are you still alive? Come join us, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, you know, just let it go. And he's about to kill himself, and then the other guy saves him. He still got that great luck, though. I, I give him that much. Yeah, I think um, the way the way that was handled was was fantastic. Like, I, I was like, oh man, they just, I mean, they. It, 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 I guess because I was watching it back to back, it was kind of like oh, it, it, I was kind of like watching it like a, a bit of a, like a movie, mm-hmm. so it all kind of like made sense. But I mean, obviously, if you were watching it week by week, it would be even more, you know, you'd be even more taken back from it, kind of thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, as far as um, I thought that ending where the um, they said that they saved Kirigiri. I was like, yay, bravo. It's like, I, I really like Kirigiri. To me, like, when someone is dead, they ought to stay dead for most of the time. But the series is so fucking depressing. Yeah. And Nagi has lost so much. And I really like Kirigiri's character, like I said. So, like, seeing her live, I'll let it go. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's one good thing that happened in the series of bads. <laughs> and I'll take it. I'll take it. And I, I absolutely love the whole forbidden action thing. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, that, that kind of reminded me of like 999 a little bit. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And, and if nobody wanted to tell what their, their forbidden action was because people could use it against them. Um, and finding Except out. Nagy, who kind of tells everybody instantaneously. It's like, hey, that's my forbidden act. Why don't we all tell each other and then trust each other? Oh, God, that guy is infallible. Yeah. So it's just it's like a machine of hope. Um, oh, speaking of uh, forbidden acts, I really like the fact that Kirigiri's forbidden act was what was it? The uh, go to four more four more uh, sleeps with uh, Nagi alive. That's yeah. so cruel. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's incredibly cruel. And the fact that what she says to Nagi and what she does, like right before the last time that uh, you know she was about to fall asleep. Not knowing that she was, you know, she might have been revived or not, is that she she takes off her her, her gloves. You know, she has those horrific scars on it, on her hands, and she's really like taken aback about like showing people her scars and stuff. Yeah. So her she takes off her gloves and like touches Nike's hand and tells him something, you know, about uh, like believing in himself and then the fact that she's gonna be there for him. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was really touching, knowing that she she thought that she was gonna die at that point. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's... Yeah, that's I nice. like how that was just another layer of mystery in the whole thing was, what can't they do? Yeah. Yeah. And you find out by the end, pretty much everybody's, I think. Yeah. So I think that, coupled with 
the whole fact that it wasn't hope versus despair in the future. Mm-hmm. It was like optimistic hope versus cutthroat hope. Yeah. Or hope at any cost. You know, I really like that as a as another sort of twist on the formula. That's actually a really good way to put it. I didn't I didn't think about it that way. That's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. you're right. At the same time, some of the new characters, uh, particularly in the the future episodes, I didn't like them at all. Like, yeah, they outside of the pharmacist and uh, the sweets making girl, like they weren't really well. You got to know uh, Munakata and uh, Sakakura. Sakakura, yeah, the yeah. The, the boxer that guy and yeah, the boxer the other, guy. What was the other guy's talent? With the sword. Uh, yeah, yeah his... he's 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 Kyosuke Munakata. He's the ultimate student council president. Hmm. So it's, it's think of him kind of like the the ultimate leader in a way. Yeah, both those guys I didn't care for. Uh I thought Munakata was okay. I, he just had the unfortunate side of being being uh, manipulated by Tengen because Tengen says something really terrible to him and tricks him by saying that everyone is the attacker. And he is speaking the truth, obviously, because they themselves are the attacker when they commit suicide. But that is obviously not the whole truth. You know, none of them were traitors. And he was led to believe that everyone that he loved and you know he cared for, everyone needed to die. And that's why he went, basically went bonkers crazy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the Sakakuro guy, I fell for him because Junko used the only one weakness that he had against him to kind of make him into a traitor. And in the yeah. end, he kind of redeems himself by freeing everyone from the game. Which I thought was pretty good, and you know, I liked them as characters, even if I hated them throughout the whole series. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I, just, uh, I didn't like him because he just he blindly followed people, like he blindly followed you know the leader and shit like that. I'm like, come the fuck on, dude. You know why is everybody gotta be a dick? Like he was also in love with the leader. That's yeah. tr- this is true. <laughs> but but the the biggest thing for me was was that I I don't know why nobody said this to begin with, at when. The, the ultimate farmer guy, the, the goofy-looking guy, when he fell over dead because he witnessed violence against the other participants, mm-hmm. why the fuck didn't somebody stand up and say, you guys need to fucking stop this shit because you just got somebody killed? But nobody said anything. Everybody's like, oh, no, he's dead. At, at that point, the panic kind of induced, and they just went off the rails even further. So that's yeah. kind of when they went into went separately. That's uh, that's when I would have been like, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd have been like, everybody needs to chill the fuck out because, you know, we just got somebody killed because you guys are being reckless, you know. Um, the uh, was it uh, Mitarai actually comes in uh, to protect Kyrgyz, saying exactly that, and you got knee right in the stomach for it. So you would have gotten knee right in the stomach for that, Drew. So enjoy that. Well, <laughs> maybe I'd be the ultimate badass, and nobody could do anything to me. Yeah, the the ultimate badass, <laughs> super high school level badass. Yeah, yeah. So it's, much harder uh, than just ultimate. Yeah, yeah. I you know from a from a translation standpoint, I do like I do appreciate the fact that they decided to go with ultimate. Yeah, uh, the, literal translations sometimes just don't cut it. I'm sure it like rolls off the tongue much better in Japanese, but it certainly doesn't in in, in English. And ultimate just just makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get a, let's get some final thoughts on the series as a whole because that's it, guys. This is the end of Hope's Peak Academy, and the next Danganronpa is going to be a brand new beast of its own. It's going to have basically no connection to the old Danganronpa game. So uh, yeah, let's, let's hear some thoughts. You say that, but I still have one full 
Danganronpa game to play. Oh, yeah, you do have the first game to play, huh? Well, and most of that game. I meant yeah. the, the Ultimate Despair Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so, true. Uh, I guess I'm only like halfway through my Danganronpa quest. Mm. Well, you better get ready, because Danganronpa V3, isn't it what it's called? V3? Yeah, version 3. Version 3 is coming out, what, next couple months? Uh, dude, I don't, I actually don't know. Um, they haven't, I don't think there is a release date. I think it's summer. Huh. I think they say summer. Good. So, the next months are already ridiculous. Yeah. You're not games. kidding. You're, you're right about that, man. Trust so many me. good games playing right now. But, uh, yeah, final thoughts for me. I thought this, I mean, perfect. I think this is one of the, the most compelling series I've played and watched in a long time. I think it, you know, it's, it's fucking devastating. I, it's more devastating than Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and that's saying something. Um, but I mean that that it gave me vibes of of just how good the series is, and you know, like if I have a buddy of mine who I, I was talking to about this anime, and he has never played any of the games; he just watched the anime series, and he was like, "Well, it's really weird, but I think I kind of figure out what was going on." He said, and I was like, "Well, you need context from the video games." And he's like, well, I understand that, but he, the way he was talking about it, he, he just, you know, went into it blind. Wait, he only watched Danganronpa Hope Speak End? That's what he watched? No, he watched, he watched, yeah, the, the whole, that whole anime series. He didn't, he didn't play any of the games. So did he watch the first anime series, the Danganronpa 1 anime series? Uh, I don't know. He may uh. have. I don't know. What a, what a weird thing to watch if you never played any of the games before. He, he, he doesn't play that many games. He just watches anime. Uh, he just saw, okay, hey, sure. hey, this is a new anime that came out. I'm going to watch it. That but, is weird, dude. Because this is like literally engineered for fans that play the games. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's weird to me. But hey, yeah. if, if he somehow enjoyed it somehow, that's, that's okay, I guess. Yeah. At the same time, I kind of wonder, could they have turned this into a video game at some, some point? They could have made it kind of like, you know, just a visual novel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. They clearly could have. They could have just gone harder towards the visual novel part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, but there, uh, there, are no, there are no cases or, like, there are no trials or anything like that. So and that's the whole hook of the original games. It'd be tough. But, but if, they, if their desire was to change that up anyway and they did it with an anime, they could have easily just changed up the formula and just gone almost straight visual novel. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I guess. You know, kind of like how Despair Girls is nothing like uh, the other Danganronpa, t- Danganronpa games. But they had their own idea for that thing. But uh, overall, I'm I'm pretty glad that they made uh, they made anime because of the narrative yeah. tool that they use with the whole switching back between the future and the despair and all the throwbacks to different uh, games that I played in the past. Um, it was great. I've never seen an anime like that before. I've seen anime where I've played the games before. Like, have you guys ever played Gungrave? Yeah. Have you watched the anime? No. The anime is amazing. Surprise. Hmm. Yeah, the, you play Gungrave and it's like, wow, this is a kind of like a really generic third-person shooter guy with some anime kind of uh, influences. And you watch the anime and it's like, this is like one of my favorite animes of all time. It's got some of the best like writing as very compelling characters, and it has this mafia story arc that is like legendary among people that that watch that stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like I've never played a video game and then watched the anime, and then make the the video game even better because I watched the anime. 
So it's like it was a weird feeling, but they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Both arcs, because again, with I really like the future arc because of the, the the changes on the killing game, and I really like the despair arc for the revelations and for getting to see those characters again from Danganronpa two. Yeah, um, you don't like you. I guess. The thing about Junko as, as a villain, she's like one of my favorite villains of all time, especially after seeing the anime of, of the things that she's done because of the her just just fanaticism towards despair. There's like a one track mind to it. And the things that she does and accomplishes uh, throughout her illustrious career of spreading despair around the world uh, is quite special. Like even that. That first scene where Junko is introduced, when she has someone tied up in a chair and she's making curry, it's like, where are they going to take this? And then she takes the curry that's like dipped in, uh, she takes a spoon that's dipped in curry and scoops a guy's eyeball out with that. And she talks about how torture implements should be something that you use every day so that the impact, the psychological impact can be stronger. As I was like, oh, it's like, holy shit, this bitch is crazy. She is. Yeah, I was and like, the, that's so demented. The thing is, is that she wouldn't have made it as far as she did without her fucking sister, though. Yeah, she definitely wouldn't have. She has to surround herself with stronger people because she knows she's not that strong. No, physically speaking, she's no stronger than anyone else. But her ability to manipulate people and especially blackmail. Uh, based on the people's like uh, weaknesses and stuff like that, it's like master class, and that's one of her gifts. Yeah, and I just like I'm just wondering like what the hell did she do to her fucking sister? Her sister's fucking nuts too, but I'm just like what the fuck did she do to her sister to make her sister actually follow her? Uh, I mean the the first interaction with with uh, the sister is that she tries to stab her in the face with ice pick and chucks a grenade at her while they're inside of a same car. Yeah, so they've probably been doing that shit for a long time, and she likes it so. Yeah, I don't. It's it's a messed up family, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Danganronpa though. Damn, that's 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 crazy. Yep. I mean, I, I mean, I, I I fucking loved it. So I'm really excited for V3. Final final words, Ryan. I mean, Ryan. I mean, Matt. My bad. Ryan. Yeah, no, I I feel the same way. I really liked it. Um, I my only reservations are that it it's so absurd sometimes. Mm, yes, and to me that that takes a little bit of the emotion out of it for me. I mean, it um, is it is a, a anime as anime. You know, that's because you know you guys talk about Steins Gate. Mm-hmm. And and how compelling it is and how good it is. And I'm thinking, does it have goofy ass anime shit in it too though? Not really. And that that's the thing I compare it to because I also just finished watching that Steins Gate so I could play Steins Gate Zero right before watching this anime. So those are three of my most recent things and and they're both very sad, but in very, very different ways. Yeah. That's true. Um, oh, Steins Kid has some really heartbreaking moments too, man. Jeez. And it's because, to, to me, you know, the reason it's so heartbreaking is because you've built up only a handful of characters over 8, 10, 15 hours to have things crumble. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, you know, there's so much death, there's so much 
craziness that it some of the the nuance isn't there for me. I, I hear you. Um, on on his point, like it, I did love it. But. Right on his point though, uh, Drew, like like Steins Gate, yeah, it has sci- you know it has sci-fi elements. It involves time travel of all things, right? What's more sci-fi than that? But it's also grounded in reality while still being sci-fi. It's like the weirdest combination combination of the two where it is able to use one focal point of science fiction to call time travel and everything else makes sense around it. Like all the characters, what they're able to do, the way they think, uh, it all makes sense. And that's why I think what, what Matt was talking about as far as like, is it an anime as anime? And yeah, it's, it's really not like, yeah, there's some weird stuff that happens, but Nothing as crazy as anything that might have happened in Danganronpa. Yeah. I mean, I remember playing 999, and there wasn't any kind of goofiness in that either. Um, 999 has its, has its very similar to Steins Gate in its uh, storytelling. Yeah. Of how it very, very, very meticulously builds the world. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right, Matt? Like, it'll take, like, an hour explaining yeah. the theory of, like, different types of time travel theories that were present in that reality and what people think of it. And then they won't skip a beat. They'll go into specific details about who discovered this, who manufactured this idea, like what the scientific community thinks about. It. And it's like, wow, I feel like I'm reading a fucking research paper. And then and even you, because it's sort of a hybrid of fact and fiction. Exactly. It does that so well. You don't know what's true and what's false because it uses so many ideas that you know to be fact and true that when they slide in some pseudoscience here and there, you don't see it. You don't notice it, and that kind of slides into your mentality, and um, that just builds upon uh, the the premise and the world, and it just makes something that ought to be impossible into something that's plausible, and that's one of the reasons why I really love Steins Gate. Hmm. Sounds like I need to play Steins Gate, and I need to finish the series of Nine Nine Nine. Yeah, nine nine nine. Like I know that you got that one ending, but you without the true ending, it's kind of meaningless. Yeah. And I was I was really compelled to do it, and I was just like, "Fuck, I don't want to go back through this again." Um, did the interesting thing about nine nine nine? Matt, have you ever played nine nine nine? I have only started it. You have only started it. Uh, the PS4 yeah. version is actually coming out on um, a PS4 slash PC version of nine 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 and Virtual's Last Rewards coming out in March. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in starting it up again, would like they they really upgraded the visuals quite a bit, even um. Even the text and stuff like that is—it looks much better. Uh, it's and it's suited for the new platforms. So try that again because I think you could really appreciate what they do from a narrative standpoint. And also the puzzles are really fun to solve and they're they're pretty compelling too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I might pick those up on PC probably. It seems like it'd be easier to do with a mouse. Um. Yeah. It probably would be because you know it used to be a uh, it was a DS game, so yeah, mouse and keyboard would suited perfectly fine. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got. I guess separate from that, this was also my first experience with Funimation. Okay. Which I was fairly happy with as a service, and as a service that only costs five ninety nine a month. Yeah, I think they have some really good shows in their lineup, actually. You're going to continue, Matt? I might for a little while. Let me see if I can... I had built up my queue a little bit to see what was available. They didn't have every single anime that I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you list out the queue? Because I'm curious about what you're thinking of watching. Yeah, me too. Uh, 
Shit, let me log in on my laptop. Is uh, Tiger and Bunny Funimation? That I don't know. I fucking love that show. I never watched it, but you're the only person that's told me that it's good. So really? That's awesome. Everybody, everybody yeah. else hates it? Not that they hate it. They just don't mention it because it doesn't, it doesn't exist to them. I liked it because it's superheroes and they're commercialized. Mm. So like they, they, there's like a guy that has Ustream on his chest and he's doing stuff on reality TV. And, you know, there's like one with like Citibank and shit like that. It's so ridiculous. That's how, that's how I imagine heroes would be if they were, they existed in real life, right? Yeah. It's kind of like Mystery Men, if you remember that movie. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That one, that one, that's the movie that had a lot of famous people before they were famous, right? Uh, yeah, kinda. Let's see. Okay, I got, okay. I got some here. They're not really in any kind of order, but, um, Tokyo Ghoul looked interesting. Um, I did watch that series, and I will say that it's a very, very slow building anime. And uh, there's like one moment of payoff, which is really huge. But uh, it's an okay anime. I wouldn't say it's exceptional, but it's okay. Okay. Stein's Gate I threw in there just in case I want to watch it again. <laughs> Always a good choice. Um, Tales of Zestiria. I don't know if that's any good. Uh, the animation is stellar, but the storyline is so-so. Okay. I've got a couple. The next two are ones that have always been on my list, like my short list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trin- Trinity Blood. I haven't seen that one, but I know Space of it. Universe, so how could how could I not want to watch it? Mm. And then Cowboy Bebop. That's that you need to watch that now. Yeah. You haven't you haven't watched Cowboy Bebop? Nope. Yeah, you should probably watch that. That is that is uh, the quintessential anime. Yeah. Yeah. That is like the easiest anime of all time to recommend to anybody. Yeah. It's like you've never seen, you don't know what anime is, just watch Cowboy Bebop. Yep. It's like it, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're 10 or you're like 40, it doesn't matter, just watch Cowboy Bebop, it's fine. You liked Firefly, right? Absolutely. Then it's kind of like Firefly with a little bit more in it. And S- Space Bounty Hunters. The interesting thing about Cowboy Bebop is that it, it came out in like 1999 or something like that. And it, it still looks beautiful. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, how did they and do that? Now getting a movie adaptation. Uh, are they making a live action movie? Because they did make an anime movie. Yeah. No, aren't they making? Isn't it like Keanu Reeves in it? That's been in talks for a long time. Oh, no, that, that's that's probably never happening, dude. I mean, it's it's been in talks for a long time, but I know Keanu Reeves said that he would love to play Spike. Yeah. Ah, uh, he'd be really good at Spike. I think he would. But um, yeah, Cowboy Bebop's fantastic. If you if it's on there, I highly suggest Bakano. I actually really like that. Mm, I, I second Bakano. Bakano is ah. is weird as shit, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's short. Yes, very short. B a k a n o. B a c c n o. B a c c a n o. Actually, Bakano. Um, it was on Netflix for a while. I watched it there. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Mm. It's really interesting. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, shoot. 
I, uh, I would say check out Dragon Ball Kai, but no. <laughs> if you're in the mood for comedy slash a bit of action, watch uh, Mob Psycho 100. Uh, this is a series made by the guy that made One Punch Man. Mm. And um, it's about it's about a kid that's like a psychic, and he's very, very powerful, and a con artist that kind of took him under his wing and kind of like uses him. But, it's, uh, but at the same time, he's, he's not that bad of a guy. And it's about his adventures of like discovering like what he can really do about, with his powers. It's got a great sense of humor, and the animation is something something kind of special. Uh, that that's definitely good. Do they have like uh? Do they have like One Punch Man here, or is that not Funimation? So yes, the thing. I yeah. So know. how how is that set up? If it's not Funimation, what else do you use to watch anime? Uh, so you can like, also use like Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll yeah. a ton. Mm-hmm. So, is there a consensus as to which one has a better selection? Um, Do they overlap a lot? Well, Funimation and Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll have like deals a lot of times. So you'll you'll basically find every old show on Funimation, right? That they ever owned. So like you're able to watch, let's say, uh, Cowboy Bebop on Funimation, right? But mm-hmm. uh, you're not able to watch it and. In some other another some other websites and stuff. Uh, the thing about Crunchyroll is that you're able to watch stuff for free. You don't have to pay for it, and which is really nice. But it's not in high definition. It's in 480p, and also it has ads. But if you use ad blocker, you actually don't have ads. So that's always an option. If you don't feel like spending the money, you can just watch it there. Like for example, you can watch like Cowboy Bebop there on uh, Crunchyroll now. But at the same time, like it is a service. If you like it, you can pay for it. I did pay for uh, one month after I watched a bit of it um, to kind of like tip them, even though I didn't really need to. And was that Crunchyroll you paid for? Yeah, Crunchyroll I paid for. Funimation I never used. I only saw that they had Danganronpa when uh, Crunchyroll did not. So that's yeah. why I pulled that out. But the Crunchyroll... videos what? when you pay for it with Crunchyroll? Uh, Crunchyroll, you get the episode basically the, the, the same time it's out. And they also do these things called simulcasts. Which means that whenever it is dubbed and ready to go, uh, well, not dubbed, but uh, it is translated and ready to go, it actually air at the same time as it would, uh, like some some other country kind of thing, which is pretty nice. And they have a really long uh, long lineup of shows as well. But uh, both shows, both is pretty good. I mean, five ninety nine a month, you can have it for like a month, watch shows that you like, and then you know just kind of cancel yeah. it or whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I have a cure on my list in case I want to watch that again. Uh, Kira, uh, there's some good shows like Mushishi is really good in Funimation. I'm looking at as well. That's one of those kind of like slice of life in an exorcist life kind of thing. Mm. And uh, that's oof, man. Like the the animation in that resembles something that you see in like a historical like Japanese water painting, and it's just gorgeous. Like the music, the animation, and the stories that they tell. It's kind of like Twilight Zone with spirits. That's uh, it's, it's really cool. I I I don't know. I I've been out of anime for a long time. I can tell you everything that came on Toonami. <laughs> you know. Toonami still exists, right? I haven't seen Toonami in a long time. It, it does. It's it took over Saturday nights. I think. Isn't it on at like 1 a.m. or something now? Yeah, it comes on after Adult Swim. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Who's gonna stay up? Who's gonna stay up at like two a.m. to watch like a new episode of anime? That's weird to me. That's true. I know. Um, God, Toonami, but Toonami was the one that invited me to Dragon Ball Z, fucking Cowboy Bebop. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, was it? I watched pretty much everything that was on there. You know, when they when it came on, uh, Tenchi. Mm. Which uh, I, I, in retrospect, fucking hate. <laughs> so did you like it then but now you hate it what's going on there because it was it was anime you know I was one of those fucking nerds see oh. Tenchi came out during the time where like horror anime is kind of like a new thing not like every anime ever made so that was one of the few that had that aspect to it it's kind of like OG so when you go back to watch an anime it's kind of difficult like Rurouni Kenshin is one of my favorite anime slash manga of all time but if you go back to watch it now, it's very difficult to watch because of the animation and the tone and stuff like that. Yeah. The the manga is actually still aged very very well. Like read the manga, don't watch the anime. But uh, boy, is it is it tough to go back to? Yeah, there's a, there's a few that are tough to go back to, like fucking initial D. Initial D's rough. Initial, I'll just, listen, initial D's I'll just rough. listen to the site. I'll just listen to the soundtrack. Oh, that soundtrack's horrible. <laughs> so it's no, horrible. It's so horrible that it's good. It's, Drew. it's true. Have you ever like ran like three miles listening to like a selection of initial D songs? Oh god! Just like, you haven't lived until you did that point, man. Like Tokyo's fucking runway fire, music, run. basically. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh uh, god, watch that. Uh, fucking go back and watch. Like that was the forbidden thing. Like you know, you get into anime. Like, have you seen Ninja Scrolls? Oh yeah, and I'm like, it has like nudity, right? Because it has nudity in it, and I'm like, it sucks. <laughs> Wait, Ninja Scrolls the 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 movie? No, no. Didn't they have the series too? I didn't watch the series. I like the movie. Yeah, I, I oh. thought the movie was like fine from a, from an action movie standpoint. Anyway. And then Vampire Hunter D. Oh yeah, that was a that classic too. that we all watched. Um, I got really into Helsing. Helsing I, was good. I really liked Helsing. That was a great like vampire story. Did you watch uh, Helsing Ultimate? Mm-mm. I did not. Helsing Ultimate is what Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is to Full Metal Alchemist. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like it is exactly what the manga artist wanted it to be, and it's uh, just fully fully animated now. So just watch that one day if you feel in the mood. Uh, Attack on Titans on Funimation. You, you watched that yet, Matt? No, it's on my list, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, the se- second season is apparently supposed to come out this year. So now's a good time to watch it. I know Drew maybe watched a few episodes and didn't go through with it, but yeah, I enjoyed I watched, it. I watched about the first half of that season because everybody was talking about it, and I was over at a buddy's house, and he just made me watch some of it. I didn't like, like it? I mean, I, I guess I, I was still not in that anime mood. And I was just like, oh, this is, yeah, it's weird for weird's sake. And I was just like, I don't know. And Once once you get past the naked, naked dumb-looking titans, it's all right. It's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'll tell you something that's actually on Netflix. I, I I don't know if you want to consider it anime, but they have rebooted Voltron. That shit is actually really good. What what got you to watch Voltron all of a sudden? I, because it was on it was on Netflix, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. is this the old Voltron? I'm like, no, this is like a fucking new series. They just released the second season. That sounds like something that would have aged terribly, though. Nah, I mean they they've redone it to where it's like you know kids, new age kids, and stuff like that. Okay, interesting. It's not bad. 
They they what? completely rebooted it and everything. What do they have? Like Netflix doesn't have a very good anime collection. They did it nope. one time. Um, they have Death Note still. Death Note's pretty good. Yeah, yep. I, I I I watched a lot of that. Um, I still find it ridiculous whenever they have the action scenes of him riding oh, down and he's like, <sighs> you know, like fucking like sweating profusely while riding something. And I was like, well, this but is at so the same dumb. time, dude, that's, it's what, it's what it means, right? Because it's not a simple act of riding. It's a simple act of murdering someone without them knowing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a matter of context. Uh, they also have the the Fate series, Fate Zero, for example, really good mm-hmm. to watch if you want to get into the Fate series. They also have uh, the Berserk movies. Uh, at least they have the first one, anyway. Yeah. You guys, any of you guys watch Berserk? Oh yeah, I've seen Berserk. Nope. Uh, Berserk is pretty iconic in the world of anime. It's been made, remade, and made again many times in movie form and in. Uh, in CG form and in series and stuff like that. And the new movie is actually all right. It's called the Berserk the Golden Age Arc 1. Uh, watch that if you ever get the chance. Uh, yeah, there's like, Hunter x Hunter. Man, Hunter x Hunter. You talk like... I you know, I grew out of Dragon Ball you know, and things like that with Shonen, uh, people like powering up and getting stronger. But Hunter x Hunter is like a new inter- interpretation or a new take what shonen anime is and uh boy is it really good like yeah. it starts out kind of generic but after like the first three four episodes it gets super good and it is super long it's like up to like <laughs> episode like 94 or something like that and a lot of it is on hunter uh, a lot of it is on netflix if you get the chance i'm sure um jamie is, is listening and she's um Hungry for that new anime series or new game to play ever since Danganronpa left her life. Oh, she's she's watching Full Metal Alchemist now. Oh yeah, she is. Uh, how far did she get into that? I don't know yet. Um, we'll have to ask her about that. Okay. Hopefully, she's enjoying that because I think that recommendation came from the both of us. So yeah. This. Okay. That's a sad, sad story. <laughs> ah, no, no more or less than Danganronpa. I'm sure she'll manage fine. Yeah, it's true, yeah. But yeah, that's. I don't know. Yeah, that's always. One on my list. It was um, it was weird. Like, I want like so. I was big in anime uh, once the you know Adult Swim started picking it up and stuff like that. And then they brought in like this new new wave of shows that were that were quote unquote new. Like uh, and that's when I jumped out. So like there was I can't remember what they were showing. It's like Inuasha. They were showing that. <laughs> I never watched that. Um, fucking Bleach. I never watched that. Uh, I read Bleach and Naruto when they were first coming out, and then I was like, "Oh, these are neat." And then they both kind of turned to crap after a while. Well, they just, just kept running. They just kept going. Yeah, Bleach especially, like even more than Naruto. Holy shit! What an offender for shit that just needed to die like two, four years earlier. It didn't happen. Yeah, but that's the case with Bad Shonen, like Hunter x Hunter, that never has that problem. There's no filler episodes. Everything is tight, constructed, and everything tells a, a proper story arc. That's yeah. why I recommend that show so much. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever try to get into Dragon Ball Z, which I still love that show because it's iconic, um, watch Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is they try to kill all of the filler episodes and cut out a lot of the bullshit that was in each episode, and just get right to the story. So. Oh. Dragon Ball Z was like 200 and something episodes. 
and they shaved it down to like 120. So, uh, speaking of Dragon Ball, have you been following uh, Dragon Ball Super at all, Drew? No, not at all. Have you um, like? I wasn't watching most of that because I thought it was just going to be all filler and stuff based on like the the movies that already came out. Because I watched the new movies, uh, Resurrection F and uh, what was that other one? Battle of the Gods. Yeah, Battle of the Gods. Gods. So I've two. I watched two two of those movies. They were okay. I mean, they weren't like amazing, but I, I enjoyed them. But like you, you know, Dragon Ball is a big part of my like child life. So when they were talking about like a new story arc coming out and like brand new characters and all that stuff, I want to check it out. And starting last week, they started a, a new season or new story arc called Universal Tournament Arc or something like that, where the different alternate universes are kind of facing off against each other. And that sounds interesting. So I want to I want to start watching it. Hmm. And I, I saw the opening the, the opening that they made for uh, the super. I'll, I'll send it to you after we're done. Check it out. I think you might be interested in watching it. Okay. I may take a look at it. Yeah. But let's get into our emails. Let's. Uh, we got a few. Uh, I'll read the first one from uh, Jamie. Okay. Well, she sent a voice email. Uh, which I will play, but I'm going to read this um, because this is what she sent today. She says, okay, can I get serious for a second? I have really loved this game slash anime series from start to finish. This might surprise you considering my past hate for Persona 4. (laughs) These two games are very similar, and yet I love one and despise the other. You might think that that's a contradiction, and I just want to address that really quickly. Throughout playing Danganronpa, I have to say that it brought up memories of playing Persona, and it reminded me of why I hate that game, while reinforcing why I love this one. For those who don't remember slash know, I quit that game because I couldn't handle the sexism anymore. You might think that Danganronpa is sexist because the female characters are often scantily clad or very busty, or always land with something very oddly placed between their legs, but this game actually does a great job of making the characters equals despite gender. And even shows tolerance and compassion towards characters that are different. Unlike Persona 4, which really mistreated a character because he might be gay. The game even has equal numbers of male and female characters, which is great. I love that many of the female characters are strong and capable, even in some cases, cough Kirigiri. <laughs> uh, far more capable than the protagonist. Let's face it, it's not. if not for Kirigiri, Makoto would have died. But that doesn't take away from the male characters. Makoto is still the ultimate hope, after all. Some of the female characters have ultimate skills that might normally be considered a male skill. Chiaki is the ultimate gamer. Kirigiri is the ultimate investigator. Ibuki is the ultimate musician. Peko is the ultimate swordswoman. Uh, these are all non-traditional type roles. It was refreshing to play a game where the girls are as awesome, are awesome characters, and not just one girl. Lots of games have uh, one awesome girl player. In this one, half of the characters are girls. Some of them are jerks too, and that makes it even better. Uh, there are places in Danganronpa where I rolled my eyes to be sure, but not in the same way. I mean, when the characters went swimming in Danganronpa two. Uh, the boys drooled all over them in their bikinis. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is forcing girls to wear bikinis to pay for not cooking a good enough meal. There's a big difference. Uh, that's it. That's my. That's all my seriousness. Just wanted to make the, that clear in case anyone was wondering. 
I have thought about the differences uh, the two as, between the two as I've played, and I just wanted to share my thoughts, Jamie. Interesting. Thank you for that, Jamie. That that's like something interesting because I've never heard anyone say that they like outright dislike Persona Four. So I thought that was mostly like a universally beloved kind of game. So that's interesting to me. And secondly, um, I didn't think about the the whole how strong the female characters in Danganronpa games are, or how kind of like there's like some stupid sexism on the tones in Persona Four, because to me, like they're dumb high school kids, I guess. Uh, and uh, it didn't really bother me that much, especially at the age that when I played it, when, you know, Persona 4 first came out, that was a long, long time ago. So that didn't bother me much. But uh, it's interesting to hear uh, what uh, what you picked up on some things that uh, that I didn't because I wasn't particularly looking for any of that at all. But, uh, yeah, interesting. It's a different perspective. Sure, sure. That's, you know, and I I, uh, welcome all perspectives. Um. I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and splice in uh, Jamie's uh, voice email. Uh, I'll do it right here. Hi, guys. Um, I'm really glad that you're having an episode for Danganronpa 3. Um, I think you can't really leave it open like that. And this show really does a really great job, I think, of kind of sewing the first two together and giving it a really meaningful ending. I think... At first, and even while I was watching the entire thing, um, I, I was always at odds with myself on whether or not um, I wanted to see more Hajime or if I wanted to see more Makoto. And I think that considering I had just finished Danganronpa 2, um, I was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't more Hajime. But then at the same time, I was getting a little bit annoyed with all of the other storylines that they, they seemed to add in there. I think that I was a little bit surprised about how much more they added, like how many more characters they added. I didn't expect to see a whole full cast of characters added. I I mean, I expected to see a few, but maybe not quite so many. And I have to say that I feel like that almost took a little bit away from it. Um, I mean, aside from Sakakura, Yakasume, and Munakata, I, I mean, the rest of them I really didn't care that much about. And I know that they had like small parts that the story needed, but I didn't feel like I really cared about it that much. I found that I was kind of just tolerating it until they'd get more, you know, to Makoto and uh, Kirigiri and stuff like that. So, I mean, that part of the story I found to be a little bit annoying. I, I didn't, al- I also didn't like the part where you go into like the despair girls, right? Um, I, I just thought that that felt like a really big filler episode And I guess maybe they were trying to lead us off the track and make us think that, you know, it wasn't uh, Junko doing this stuff. But um, having her little sister in there to be kind of like a fake, I don't know. I just thought that was really um, annoying to have in there. Um, When it comes to the ending, I I think overall it was pretty good. I liked the fact that we saw how all of the students became... Uh, the ultimate despairs, and I really liked the part where you can see their really great teacher who just ends up, you know, being seduced by this this video and spreading despair throughout the world. Because we always, or I always wondered how that all happened in the beginning. So it was it was kind of cool to see. I didn't expect to see Nidorai the way that he was, and I didn't kind of expect that whole video to be 
the thing that kicked it all off, but I think it worked overall. And it was nice to see him go from, you know, this kind of neat character that you don't expect to have any big, you know, uh, play in the game. And then all of a sudden there he is, you know, almost going to ruin the world in the end. So, um, overall, I think that the story was really good and I think that they did a really good job wrapping it up. I do have a problem with the way that it really finished. Like, when the Despairs came back to save everybody, and then they decided that they were going to make the world think that they were evil still, which kind of bothers me because I know it's making them kind of seem like they're sacrificing themselves, but I still think it probably would have been better if they had just, you know, showed the world that they came and overcame their despair. Um, that, like, even Junko couldn't get to them in the end. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it could have had a better ending, but I still was pretty satisfied with it. It did seem a little bit forced to have Kirigiri live through the end, but, I mean, I still wanted her to live, too. <laughs> uh, and, uh, to be honest, I did cheat when she died, and I went online to see if she was still alive, because... There was no way I was going to go through the rest of the game, not or the rest of the show, not knowing if, if she lived at the end. So I cheated a little bit, but uh, I'm not really scared of spoilers. So anyways, I really think that it was a super fun game, and I'm really glad that you guys decided to cover it. All right. Thank you for that email, uh, or that voice email, I should say. And uh, what an epic ending to that email. You you do such a good uh, impersonation of uh, Junko. Yeah, yeah, I certainly wasn't gonna try it. I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> I, I, I was I, I was actually taken aback uh, by by her voice. Actually, did uh, did uh, Junko's voice pretty well. But um, we do have another email that I want to read off. This comes from uh, Mookie. Uh, this email is titled "Truckin' Has a Whole Lot of Lovin'," uh, and this is regarding uh, his Game of the Year stuff. Um, which we did a couple uh, weeks back. Uh, he says, Hello everyone, Mookie in the house, and I have some catching up from my last email. One of my top ten games from last year was American Truck Simulator, and Drew wanted to know more about the game, so here we go. At first glance, I thought that Truck Simulator games were boring, but after I bought Euro Truck Simulator 2 and tried a few deliveries, I realized that where the fun is coming from. The reason why I didn't invest much on that game, because it drives the opposite side of the road, and yeah, I was picky as fuck like that before. I'm sorry for the fans. Not too long, they announced that they were making, uh, they were going to bring it to the USA. So once I booted it up, I was a bit underwhelmed that you could only drive in the state of California. However, it's totally fine because it didn't ruin the game. The shortest description that I can give you about the game is that you start as a truck driver for hire on a quest to make your own trucking company and manage them. If I were to explain you throughout the game on how it operates, I'll be glad to do via voice chat. And trust me, guys, you should all consider trying or at least having your own ZT Game Domain Discord channel so that we can all interact with each other as well as with the fans. Back to the game and things I like that are followed. It gives you the option on how hard or easy you want to play the game so the controls can be as easy as pressing directional buttons to fully control the trucks to park them uh, to their destinations. Online radios. It seems uh, that it can also catch local stations in some parts of the state 
and it can be as interesting as listening to Creed songs to to Evangelion or Evangelion. <laughs> Creed song with Evangelion. What? Where? Where? Where are we going? Preaching. Okay. <laughs> Sadly, to your ears, hilarious possibilities. While you can't do traffic violations in real life, taking a crack out of things in this game will uh, get you fined automatically and also try speeding while cops aren't around but slow the hell up whenever they're close in close proximity while some kids are into netflix and chill we old ass gamers settle for trucking and chill without the sex unless you have the talent for multitask that is and i dare you and i dare say you one hell of a mojo you got there <laughs> wait a minute Oh my god, okay. <laughs> in the end, I just love the thought of slowing things down in my gaming life to be a truck driver. Life's going too fast, too furious. <laughs> With all and uh, the need for speed going on, we, we tend to forget to slow down and take our sweet time and appreciate the open road and practice patience as you perfectly park the truck. Because you have no choice and you need the extra moolah to pay your debts from the bank for the pay for all the stupid traffic violations, you some bitch. <laughs> See, the, the truck driver games are always interesting to me because kind of like the whole simulation stuff with the like the the train simulations huge as well. Apparently, like the railroad stuff. And, I have reviewed a couple of those games before, and it is wild to me that like. Like, you could give me those games for free, and I wouldn't even install them. You know, that's like, that's not the kind of game that I'm, I'm looking for. But the fact that they interest so many other people is fascinating to me. I was like, Absolutely. I that. Yeah, that's so great. The USA Truck Simulator, the one that he's talking about, mm-hmm. I have considered buying it before. Just because of so many people talking about it. Like they, they they say that it, there's nothing better than sitting back and just just fucking around, you know, just just driving, doing it, it, something. It's something satisfying about doing something mundane, but mm-hmm. know but know that you're completing something, and also knowing that all those traffic tickets you actually don't really have to pay. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> we have, I've I've gotten traffic tickets that I'd actually had to pay in real life, and that was pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. So if I can get ones that I don't have to pay, that'd be pretty great. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, "Good luck trucking now, or good looking trucking now," and say hi to Optimus Prime for me when you play this game. <laughs> oh man, thank you for that email. Uh, the rest of the emails regard Mass Effect Two, which I will save for. Um, just say for Saturday, and that's when you guys are going to be done for the re- recording Mass Effect Two, right? Uh, yes, Matt. How are you coming along with that? I am actually done with it. Wow. Okay. Don't tell me what happened because I want to save it for the show. But I'm really curious as to what happened in your game. <laughs> um, what? What did Matt do that makes you interested in his playthrough particularly? He played through this game on Insanity. Oh, okay. Why Why did you do that, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it, it's unquestionably one of my favorite games of all time. And uh just wanted to eke something new out of it and get that so, trophy. Go for so platinum. When someone gives you a mean look, you die, right? Yeah, although 
I, I would imagine that a lot of other games on the hardest difficulty are way harder than Mass Effect 2 on its hardest difficulty. Okay, okay, that's that's fine. Like I remember playing through certain games on like the hardest difficulty, and it is like the least enjoyable way for me to experience a video game. Like I was like, ah, I could I could do like Uncharted and Crushing, that'll be fine. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I could beat it after reloading a checkpoint like a billion times, you know, because a stray bullet grazed the general, you know, general proximity of my, you know, of my leg, and then I died. So it's like it's just not doesn't make the game any more fun. So as long as you're still having fun with it and the difficulty is not that bad, I guess it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and it does force you to play it differently because okay. you can play Mass Effect, you know, similar to, um. Similar to the Persona games, if you knock them all the way down to the easiest setting, it's really just a story game. Yeah. Right. You don't lose any strategy at all. And so another reason that I like Mass Effect is that you can sort of play it so many different ways, and the game forces you to play it different ways depending on the difficulty. It's not just the same game but harder. It's actually a different game. So like for most people, including myself, when I play Mass Effect, right – or Mass Effect 2 specifically, I would take people to missions where I feel like they would have the best dialogue or the most dialogue uh, choices to make. In your case, would you have to make it so that you would have to bring the right characters with the right skill set because of the difficulty, or do you just still bring in whoever you feel like? Um, depends on the mission. There's only there's a handful where you sort of, I think, need to have the right characters with you. Mm. But most of the missions, you can pretty much take whoever you want. Cool. Nice. Okay, the, so the difficulty is very good. Uh, maybe when I replay Mass Effect 2 one day, I'll, I'll try the Insanity difficulty myself. Yeah, if I can beat it, anybody probably can. So, <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the thing that I, like, I know people who each year play through the entire trilogy on Insanity. And I'm just like, why do you guys do this every year? And they fucking love that series. So, I... I don't know. It's weird because I, as much as I like Mass Effect, it's not my favorite Bioware series. Um, Dragon Age, baby. I fucking love Dragon Age. I love the first Dragon Age game. I, I everybody's got different opinions and stuff like that, but I think Dragon Age Two is is great. I think Dragon Age Two is underrated. Uh, I think Dragon Age Inquisition's a dumpster fire in the wrong direction. Uh, I still enjoy the crap out of that game. I, 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 but yes, you're right. Dragon Age Origins is the best game in that series. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but yeah, not, I mean, Mass Effect, I mean, I beat it uh, a couple days ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the recording as well. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I immediately popped in Mass Effect 3 and am ready to go for that whenever you guys uh, are. John and you guys finishing off Mass Effect 3 then? I, I'm, I'm guessing so. Matt, are you, you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I kind of want to finish it too. Finish the uh, fight. Andromeda is not that far away, so yeah, this is the right time. You guys got to get it done. Supposedly, yep. it's in a month. I know, right? Can I don't you believe, believe it. That. I don't believe that. For some reason, I just don't believe that. If I were, if someone were to say, like, I'll bet you fifty dollars that Andromeda is going to be released on the day that they say to wait, it will. Would you take that bet? <laughs> fifty dollars. It's bucks. so close now, though. It yeah. is really, really close. I know. It's not going to launch then. Well, let's not forget another game in the same vein as that Alpha Protocol got delayed the day it was supposed to come out. 
I actually did not know that. Yeah, and it, and it also got delayed an entire year. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, go home. Yeah. It's like you wake up in the morning knowing that you have like a test and you click on the snooze and you sleep for another hour, but it's, it, it turns out it's a year. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, shit, I failed a whole entire year of school. But well, now. The, that was my thing because I actually went to GameStop to pick up my copy and they were like, that we don't have that. It was oh. so fucking weird. I'd never heard that before. Wait, you went uh, for you tried to buy Alpha Protocol on day one? Yes, absolutely. Oh, did you really? Wow. Dude, I was fucking stoked for that game. <laughs> Ask Matt. I was the champion I... of that fucking game. Really? And then you didn't like it, right? I fucking hated it when I finally played it. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know why I was wasting my time. And Drew, then, guess what? You've been vindicated, buddy. I have. You know that game is amazing. Yep. You know? Yeah. You see, first impressions be damned. That game is one of a kind. It wasn't necessarily first impressions. I put like three hours in that game. I was like, fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while to get into that game. <laughs> it does. It does. I, I, I know for and sure. And even then, it still doesn't play the greatest. But yeah. Yeah. But when you pick it up years later with no expectations for eight bucks, it's, it's a pretty true. nice surprise. Yeah. I got it for yeah. five bucks. And uh, man, good old, good old Steam sales. Like that's one of those games. Like I would have no problem just playing through Alpha Protocol again. Like choosing decisions I never used before. I was like, holy shit! I'll still see something new. Yeah, you know, for the first time, and it's great. Oh my god, that game is so good. <laughs> they uh, they had a they had like a tree branch of all the decisions that they had. I think I showed it to you during uh, when we were doing the Phoenix Down of that thing, and it looks like. The, the tree of life Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> the branch is just stretching out for miles upon miles with all the decisions you can make and the things that it changes I'm like oh wow it looks like path of exile skill tree <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh that's that's coming out in the consoles soon huh yeah and that's a good diablo clone <laughs> it is it is speaking of diablo clones you need to play neo drew oh god i don't have time you see that's what you said about resident evil and do you regret picking up Resident Evil, Drew? I don't regret p- picking up Resident Evil, but guess what? I still haven't beat Resident Evil. You'll get there. You'll probably beat it in like a few days. I'm sure I will whenever I get a chance yeah. to actually play it again. I might play something tonight, actually. But uh, You're not that far. Like I say, you're like two-thirds of the way through, I think. You said halfway. Okay, you're halfway through. <laughs> okay. Actually, you just started. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got like 40 hours to go, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. I just no. exaggerated slightly. But uh, yeah, no, it's I don't know. That's that's a great game. I think Matt, if you haven't played it, you really need to get on that. I, yeah, I can't tell if I want VR first. Ah, I just play it normally. Dude. Yeah, I'm playing on PC. Looks gorgeous, dude. That game is is a fucking like graphics hog because I had to turn down the graphics and I have a brand new PC. Well, once again, like once you when you bought the PC, I I told you that. It's not going to play on the highest settings of every game. It's going to play medium. And uh, this is true. Yeah. I had to turn down just the shadows. That's all I had to do was turn down the shadows to medium. But uh, Matt, your, I mean, your Twitter handle is R-E-M-G-S. And I'm sure that R-E stands for something uh, that, that we're all familiar with. You might have to get rid of that soon if you don't start playing uh, th- those games You know that came out. That's actually really good. Yeah, I, I need to pick it up. I really want to play it really badly. I just am also now sitting on two massive gift cards for GameStop. 
they were initially intended for a PSVR, and then didn't want to pull the trigger on that. So, have you tried PSVR yet? No, I'm you you must try it before you buy it. Please. Yeah. Please. Uh, like, I don't know if you've listened to N4G lately, but uh, Chad, the guy who's wrote in on us a bunch of times, he's mm-hmm. been giving us updates on his experiences with VR, and Resident Evil 7 broke him. He says that it's not for him anymore. And because mm-hmm. that was yeah. like, he was the champion of PSVR as far as like our show goes and stuff like that. And. He he was like, yeah, I was so excited for Resident Evil Seven, and I think he made it like two hours in. He even he even took medication to keep him from getting sick. Yeah, which is pretty. It's a pretty investment. I wouldn't take medication to play a specific video game. I don't think. Um, I think someone else took the took off the mantle of being pro PS. Uh, I mean uh, PlayStation VR. But the thing about VR is that people really kind of go back and forth on it. So you need to demo a few things, maybe for 20, 30 minutes at a time, uh, and then see how well you deal with it, and then you know pull the trigger afterwards. Because if you buy it, it's all, it's going to be a whole hassle to like return it and do all this other stuff. So definitely, yeah, that's a good point. Buyer beware. That's all I'll say. But um, yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, talked about some anime. Yeah, send us an email. Drew at ztgd.com. Tell us about your favorite animes if you want. I um, yes, I still need recommendations. Yeah, recommendations. Give Matt some recommendations. Um, and you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at R E M G S, and Jay is at Batusai J. Um, you can also follow the podcast itself is at ztgd Phoenix Down. Um, that's it for us this week. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back next week with um, the ending of Mass Effect 2 and I guess we're jumping right on into Mass Effect 3 after that so we got that ahead of us we're going to finish the fight get ready for Andromeda I guess and um, but that's it until then yeah we guess we we don't know if it's actually happening or not but until then I'm Drew and I'm Matt and and we're out of here it's a great week, and we'll be back next week with the conclusion of Mass Effect 2. Oh, 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 oh,